It's Extra Crispy, a podcast of curious conversations with me, your host, Crispin Schroeder. So today on the podcast, I'm, I'm really excited to unveil some new material I've been working on uh, on my new album. Uh, I've been collaborating with my partner in crime, Bobby McDonald. This is our third project to really... Um, I mean, we've, we've recorded a lot over the years on other projects, but this is our third time to really work together on, on something, and we've been working on this project off and on for the last three years, from the, the demo phase to the current status, and we've got a few songs now that are, are, are finally to the mastering side, so we're going to uh, be talking about music and, and featuring some of the songs throughout this podcast today, so... Um, we were having some, some issues on tracking with Zoom, so we ended up just having a phone conversation and recording it on our, our uh, microphones and our own s- s- studio software. So I was sitting on my back porch uh, having this conversation uh, about 10 o'clock at night a couple nights ago. Uh, so on this episode, we're going to feature some, some new music that we've been working on, and I, I hope you like it. And this is just a little sample of some of the songs that are going to be released here uh, pretty soon. Don't know with all this coronavirus stuff when we're actually going to get the full album out, but we should start releasing signal uh, singles here pretty quickly. So enjoy this uh, meandering conversation about music and spirituality and creativity uh, with myself and Bobby McDonald, who is fantastic musician and a producer runs his own studio called soul station out in conroe and uh, we've recorded this uh, a lot of this album with him coming over and setting up his studio over here in covington so anyway i hope you enjoy this podcast let's go My setup tonight is really cool because I'm on my porch swing. I got my... Oh, that's pretty good. I wish I was outdoors. I'm uh, working on my deck out there. And, of course, my backyard's pretty neat, too. So I'm down here and enclosed in the studio. But if I were, I could be out there, it's a nice night to be doing it. Well, you know, necessity is, as they say, the mother of invention. Um, so we were trying to do this broadcast tonight with Zoom... Uh, the way I've done a lot of my podcast, um, and then I take the audio from that and then make the podcast. But for some reason, my internet connection has been all screwy since this afternoon. We tried recording earlier, so what we're doing now is just having a phone conversation. We've both got microphones in front of us so we can get good quality audio, um, which is very reminiscent of many of the things that we do on this uh, current project. Is that a good segue? You know, um, which is, I, I think this is, so I've, I've, I think this is about like the ninth or 10th album I've done in my illustrious 
chart-topping career. <laughs> um, but I got to say, I'm having more fun doing this one than I've had on any projects because I feel like, you know, we've been working on this thing now off and on from the demo stages up until now for like about three years now. And uh, that whole... I, I mentioned this earlier today in the that when we were when we were trying to tape earlier that one uh, some of the wisdom that I I hear from folks like Rick Rubin the 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 producer who is has produced everything from Johnny Cash to the Beastie Boys uh, Tom Petty uh, even Slayer I think uh, and and a lot of rap acts pretty that that guy mixes a lot of different stuff but even him and and the other producer uh daniel lanwa uh and, and this is probably true for a lot of great producers out there but they they kind of have this philosophy of when you're getting ready to record an album don't have your plan like set in stone before you go in allow for things to present themselves allow allow for the songs to kind of take shape uh without a lot of pressure on them see what's going on and and uh you know see if there's some pleasant surprises and i have to say that's been one of my absolute favorite things of this whole project that we've been working on is like seeing how one song can sound one way in a demo and then we record it and it sounds a different way and then we tweak that demo and then we go on a few more months and then we we change some chords or you know just to getting to a place where the song where we feel like it's done man that's a fun journey yeah you know sometimes i i like the idea of getting yourself where you're making decisions in real time almost like a improvisation but if you if you go into it and you say well this is this record is this i'm going to draw these tight boundaries about what it is um that can be confining you, you, you it can stop you from exploring what it can become and i think that somehow along the way in this one we definitely decided not to take that uh approach of putting a bunch of boundaries around what we think it is or we're, we're going to stay within this place or within these guidelines and the record trying to be something completely different because of it which was quite a bit of fun like i i'm with this or i'm not it in real time is kind of what, <laughs> what happened so much. I mean, even stuff that was in the cabin that we first started this thing when we were in that cabin, some of those tracks are still on the record and just kind of collected in a very unfussed over way over the course of time. Yeah, it's it's really... I think that's kind of, you know, it, and, and what what's interesting about this album is a, as opposed to the last one, Following Branches. Um, when we recorded Following Branches, we, man, that, that was ridiculous. That was like trying to, 
uh, do a tour to five states in four days um, <laughs> and play multiple shows. Like we we recorded the album in one week. The 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 basics of it: the bass, drums, keyboards, vocals, guitars, and then added a few extra things, some horns and stuff uh, back here, and and you know added a couple of things to fill it out, but the entire project from start to finish um, was done in like a month. And that's artwork and Kickstarter and all that stuff, which was really, there was parts of that that, that worked really good. There's parts of it that, that I listened back just from, I, I wish that we had, been able to take a little bit more time and, and, and listen to the song. You know, I think that's one of the things that I'm enjoying about this process is that, you know, like I've got 20 or 30 different versions of to love and to be loved. One of the songs that that's on there that, you know, and, and originally I may even see if I can find uh, the original demo I sent you. <laughs> Cause I know, I know when you heard the original de demo, you're going like, what the hell is this? Because it was kind of a... I can barely remember it now. Yeah, it, I can barely remember it. Just... Yeah, but it had a lot of like synth stuff in it, and I was just beating on pots and pans in my in my office, so like the, the rhythm track wasn't terribly solid, but you know, it, it had a, a quirky sensibility to it. But then, you know, we, we move from there and then it evolves. I do all these different versions of it before we ever get together. And then we get together and then we decide to throw this guy, Dave Easley, into the mix, who is just this phenomenal pedal steel player that plays jazz on pedal steel. I mean, he can play like traditional country too, but like he's, he's like a just real out the box kind of, I mean, I, I've never heard somebody play pedal steel the way he plays pedal steel. And so I'm like, it would kind of be cool to take this little synth part and maybe transfer it over to pedal steel. Well, let, let, let's see how that works. And and I knew that, you know, like this guy played in Brian Blade's band, the fellowship band, done some work with Daniel Lanois and, um, and he lives like, you know, probably, couple of miles from me you know he's not like he's just in the neighborhood basically so we, we get him to come over there and and play on like three songs and it was so interesting because you and I were starting to really get into this very creative zone with a lot of things we track some of the the basic stuff but then we throw him on top after we had tracked the the drums bass and 
keyboards and vocals live then we throw that in and then all of a sudden man it's like wow there's this there's this whole new dimension to the song and and then that starts kind of reflecting back to us and inspiring us to 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 do some new things in response to that and i, and I think that's like that's one of the coolest things in this project is this kind of back and forth steel into a song where you wanted to or 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 that one <laughs> that crazy uh you can't get there for from here where the song sounds like just a you know fairly straightforward blues rock song and then the 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 solo in the middle of it's like this this crazy synth thing run through a couple of guitar amps <laughs> Sigh, pointing out the speck in your neighbor's 
It's like all that stuff has just been, it's been so fun to like, I think because we, we didn't enter into this album, like we wanted this album to sound like, like this, you know, cause oftentimes when you're going into the studio, you kind of have a few albums in mind. Like I, I like what this band did on this one or this guy did on that album and, and you want to draw off some inf- inspiration or try to get some similar sounds. But I feel like because we haven't like really tried to lock this down to having to be any particular thing, it's uh, it's been quite a quite an adventure it, to see where some of these songs end up. It's like I don't know from week to week where some of these songs are going to end up, but it's a uh, they're certainly sounding inter- interesting. I, I I think the the question that we keep going back and forth on and this is depressing to me i don't even know if we should stress over this question but the songs there's so much diversity in kind of the 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 styles of each different song it is hard trying to wrangle everything into uh into a place that that may make more sense cohesively for listeners but i gotta tell you man i probably back in september one of one of my good friends was uh 
Sawyer, he was getting ready to move to Germany to go to finance school over there. And we hung out one day and me and him, a couple of friends and he was asking me like, how's the, how's the new record coming? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's coming along really great. I love all the, the, the songs that the way they're shaping up. I said, the only problem is like trying to figure out how all these songs fit together as a cohesive thing, you know, where it sounds right as a, as a collection. And, and this dude, I, I think he's 23, 24, but he said to me, he goes, wait, you know, he's like, people actually listen to albums like from start to finish. <laughs> That's a good question. And I'm like, I would, hey, you, I would say to him, yeah, you should do it yourself sometime. You might really enjoy it. Um, but at the same time, I, uh, wrangling a a group of songs together that are very diverse. I mean, sometimes it's many things can be done in post production, like how you mix it, how you look at it, and how you overdub on your stuff. Much of what we did, the core of it's live. But you know, you start to make it a worldview how you look at these different things instead of something that's very confined. I, I love albums that take you to a place like this is going to be a chill record and we're going to do that for 39 minutes. And then you make it nuanced enough to where it holds together. But I also love records that can be diverse but still have a, a perspective on what's going on right now that holds them together. And I love The Stones. I love Exile on Main Street. And that record does that for me. It's got a lot of gospel and reggae R&B, straight up. So it's a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts, but held together because it's their view on those styles. And I would hope that what we did on this record achieved that. And I think it does. But it also, around every corner, it feels like something new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really does. You know that that that's an interesting thing you you bring up because uh, I've I've heard you mention this a lot of time, which which I think it's a it's a really interesting concept. But the whole idea of of worldview and art, you want to unpack that a little bit because I, I think there's a lot of really good stuff in there. I think it's anything that we when we you approach something like this and making a record i suppose it, i'm not a painter but if i were i would think it would be a broad undertaking uh, much like writing a novel and whether you're thinking about it or not while you're doing it you're expressing a perspective or or, or i'm calling it a worldview so when you undertake a record, which is something that's taken as long as this, and you're pulling all these things together and you're synthesizing them in real time, it becomes that. So it is a perspective. Like I'm, let's just say I'm going to do a reggae song or a blues song. I'm going to do a perspective on this. It it isn't my aim to perfectly reproduce and show you that I've listened to these great records and studied them and I can do it. It's it's more like 
what I have to say about that. And I love yeah. the history of music, and I love styles, and I love music, so I'm listening to records all the time, old and new. And So approaching something like that, that, that is a way, but I was like, well, what do we have to say about it? And so whatever it is, in this case, Americana or blues or reggae, I would like to think that we brought forward a take, if you will, or a perspective upon that style. And, and in such a strong perspective that it could hold a collection of songs together that's, in this case, more than 50 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it hold together as, as a journey unto itself. And I think this, as we got into it and started playing the different songs, we started to understand what some of these common threads were. It, because... This record, unlike the other ones we did, stepped out more stylistically, stepped out more into what I would consider to be our own sound. Yeah. And so those stylistic threads begin to, to pick up, and we begin to think about those things more because we're back again to making those decisions in, in real time. And it, it began to sound like something more original and much more of a path. So yes, all these things that we've done before, they're there again, but there's our own commentary upon those styles and how we feel like we fit into that and what we have to say about them. And then, of course, the lyrics are their own story and those things kind of glue together as they come come to to the songs and are brought out. I read a quote the other day. This guy I follow on Twitter, he just puts up quotes from authors all the time. But whatever author was that said this, said some quote to the extent of basically in writing a book your first draft is just you have to write to figure out what you believe you know what what's actually going on you know it, it's only after you finish the first draft that you kind of know what you're really thinking and feeling about things and then you go into the revision process and and I was just thinking about that even in in, in terms of the record we've been working on that I think because we've taken a slower, deliberate, more, I mean, not really putting any deadlines on when we got to have this finished, <laughs> unlike the first one, uh, or, or the one we did a few years ago. Um, the last one we did, um, but you know, kind of taking this unhurried exploratory thing, you know, getting these songs out. It, I, I really think that's, that's, it's right on with what like what you're saying that as we start recording these things blending in different things it it really does kind of awaken you to what you're thinking and what you're feeling about it you're you know you're the world and 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 god and and purpose and meaning and justice and whatever you know and and soul and and beauty and truth and wisdom Still appear 
it is art it's, it's about asking questions and so many times you know lyrics that don't just provide that answer that pat answer it's it's a lot about searching for those answers yourself yes yes and consequently it, it that's a little bit different thing than a um, than what we think of as like a Sunday morning record or something like that it's a little bit different um, function and perspective on what's happening and uh, yeah I, I find myself if I'm looking for it in something like looking for that kind of experience and that that's not quite what that is um, like like Bob Dylan's song you know Blown in the Wind he asked nine questions in three verses and there's always the refrain. He asks these questions and then gives this mysterious refrain. You know, the answer, my friend is blowing in the wind. And you could look at that and go, well, what the hell kind of answer is that? <laughs> you know? And, and there've been a lot of people that have tried to figure out, well, what, what was he getting at? What was, what was Bob thinking? And I, I read an interview with Bob Dylan where, you know, this was a few years after he wrote it, and he's like, man, all I can tell you is the answer is blowing in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, some of it is, is uh, you know, we we have a set of answers, and those answers become codified, and They become a law, and then you quit asking questions instead of 
searching for that truth and I, I don't know if that's how that has ever worked very well for me because things change and that's evolving around it and the, the truth stays the same of love but what that is any given time is always an answer to be ascertained in real time I, I, I'm not saying that that's <laughs> some large swath that has commentary on any kind of tradition but I do think we are asked to have a fresh perspective on what's going on around us as we go through life and as situations change. And I think art serves in that purpose to keep us asking those questions. Yeah. When it comes to art, I think certainty is really off-putting. You know, and I think that sometimes... I mean, when I look at how much I've evolved in my own faith journey since I was 20 years old, you know, like um, all the different experiences I've had along the way. Now, I can certainly look back and I see a, 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 a thread of continuity. It's not like I was just like, you know, here comes a new trend. I'm jumping on board that. But I, I certainly saw a lot of stuff over the last 25 plus years but I think that one of the things that is really a bit off-putting to me, when I see it anywhere, now it, it oftentimes we 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 kind of point it out in religion, but it's politics, it's economics, it's it's all these different things that people. And I, I read this quote by G.K. Chesterton the other night, and he says. He said, I'm trying to remember it verbatim, but he said that the mark of the modern world is not skepticism, but dogmatism. And that so many people are dogmatic without even knowing it. And that's, that, that, that's, quite, a, that's quite a quote there because I, I think that and, and, and that's even one of the reasons why I know I referenced Bob Dylan a good bit, but just because I've read a lot on him recently, but, you know, when Bob Dylan, when his song, you know, Blown in the Wind and some of his earlier songs, those first couple of years that he was really breaking in, you know, a lot of people wanted to lump him into the protest music genre. And he was like, I'm not a protest musician, <laughs> you know, like I'm not interested in being put in that box and thank God, you know, because it's like if, if Dylan had stayed in that, we probably wouldn't be talking about him today. He'd just been another person that was using his art to push a certain political ideology. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have stood the test of time. But I think one one of the reasons Bob Dylan, I think probably as much as anybody, maybe somebody like Leonard Cohen, I'd put in this category. There's like this prophetic edge to what he's saying, you know, like like he is seeing things and he is he's putting it out there, and it's important if you're going to do that to not be co-opted by a political party or by you know you know to be so 
motivated motivated by ideology.
and I feel that that's part of my my frustration. I think sometimes in the in the church world is that some of the songs that tend to make it into a lot of the expressions of church I've been around either tend to be just so mediocre where it's not that it just feels like a top 40 hit where they're not really saying much of anything. It's just so generic or else it is so dogmatic about a particular view of God that if you don't, if you don't sign up for that way of looking at God, then you can't even get on board with the song, you know? And so it really, it, it, it kind of erects a barrier and I, I get it. You know, you, you can, you know, preach into the choir works really good, you know, until your choir starts shrinking, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to, uh, Hold on a second. I better pour a little bit more of this. You're getting into this. You're getting the weeds here on me. <laughs> oh, I'm not trying no, to get I would too say, deep. No, 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 not the weeds. Uh, you're asking hard questions. I, I just, you know, kind of try to think differently at times about this. I, I do know that just as my journey has gone on, that I don't experience God like that so much. It's in another way that other questions are being asked in my mind. And what I find is profound tends to sound a little different. And I like chasing that down. And the other, you know, I doesn't get my blood pumping I, I it, it it is you know I could write it off as corporatism or an easy answer or sometimes what we think we need to say to go over with that crowd or fulfilling expectations and I'm sure some of that's true but mostly it's like out here in in this area is where it feels real to me and I want to live out there and I want to try to capture that and express that because transcendence and God are still important to me. Though That part of it hasn't diminished at all. It's increased. I'm just trying to find the words of music to do that and, and some of it I do within a Sunday morning congregational setup and some of it I go, well, maybe it should be somewhere else. But... But yeah, I, I, around here where, where I go to church, I have quite a bit of freedom to chase that down. And I think Conroe is a place that celebrates its eccentric. So I'm doing all right so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I just, uh, and hopefully within it, I think any time you're creating, you, you you don't want to be alone in that. And 
as I, I think I've said this to you a few times, a great record, a great song is, it's a record that makes me feel less alone. And I would hope that, that whatever efforts I'm trying to put forward, I could connect with somebody there and they would go, oh yeah, you know, it, this encounter that I'm having, this journey that I'm on is real and there's somebody else out there that's sharing something similar enough that I can have that communication with and that's fulfilling I mean that, that I mean this however big that audience or small that audience is it's worth it so I try to try to focus on what I'm after instead of what I'm not after these days and try to hone in on that a bit uh, it does do feel like I'm a little bit <laughs> fringy when it yeah. comes to that sometimes yeah. but that's all right I mean I mean as far as what we do I, I, I love it that the whole discussion of transcendence and something beyond is a conversation that gets couched in something so different because where we play it's just wide open you know, a lot of times, like, I just feel like, you know, we're playing the people around there of all kind of sort. Um, and it's, it starts off when we we play some songs, but the big question that's getting asked over a course of a set is, you know there's something more. You know there's something more. Yeah. Let's look at whatever that more is and let's, Let's tap into that together and see what there might be. And I love that, you know, because all kind of folks come in considering that question that I never would have believed <laughs> during these times. It feels like, uh, you know, like something I should be doing. Like, yeah, that's it's great. It's a great way to create. It's a great question to ask. Yeah, I I think that's uh I think that's one of the most <laughs> maybe addicting things. It, maybe addiction is not the right word for it, but you know when you have those moments particularly when you're playing with a band I mean, I've had those moments as a solo musician a couple of times, but there is something about when you've got a drummer, a bass player, a guitar player, you know, you're all up on stage and there is this tangible, magical energy thing that happens. I don't know. You can feel it up there on the stage. You can tell the people are feeling it. And... And sometimes those moments are, like, really rare, you know? I mean, it's like it's it's not a guarantee that you're ever going to hit that moment again in the same way. But when you hit it, it's like where there's that connection with people and this connection with something that is beyond, uh, you know, transcendent. Um, that's a, that's a powerful thing. And I know that, that even my, my experiences, uh, listening to music, whether it's albums or, or even going to hear people live, 
experience of of getting to play with other musicians and have that experience together where you have that magic happening and you're feeling it from the point of view of the stage and you're up in the middle of it and and you're not even thinking about what you're playing anymore you're just in this other zone and it's just coming out of you it's just flowing out of you and it's like man there is like fame and money and all that stuff none of that compares with that stuff right there you know like <laughs> you have those moments and and that's what i feel like you know i mean even even what i'm saying about a lot of modern worship music i'm not i'm not trying to say that in a dogmatic way of like you know i'm enlightened and i know what good music is i think you can one of the dangers i see even in the church world right now is that a lot of people have this aversion to the fundamentalist or evangelical upbringing that they have. And they got a lot of issues and I, and I agree with a lot of those issues too. I mean, I think they're legit issues, but then they swing so far to the other side and then become super dogmatic about that, that it's just like, another kind of fundamentalism. We move beyond that either or type of thing. This, this fighting between these, you know, kind of polarization thing. Can we move to something bigger and greater that no matter where you happen to be on the spectrum, if you open your eyes and you see this or open your ears and hear it, it will arrest you. And it, it, it might help you see things in a different way. It might impact you, you know? <laughs> nah, that's good. That's good. Or, you know, you can bring it up and, Get yourself in a place where if somebody doesn't feel like it, about it like you do, are they necessarily wrong or, <laughs> I don't know, just more free about other people and their opinions concerning these yeah. things than I once was. Um, I, I, I don't do well with dogmatism. I... I guess you're right to go with it. I don't. These answers have historically changed over the years. I have a feeling they'll that will persist. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I work at it the best I can, and uh, I'm excited about it. I, I feel like I'm learning and experiencing new stuff all the time. It's leading me in a in a really cool way so it's funny you say that you, you're talking about playing with something and this playing with people and the musical experience and this record and I thought I might mention the drummer that we work with now when we record most of the time oh yeah and uh, how all of a sudden you're like one person and their perspective gets inserted into this, which all these ideas, which are demos at that time, we play three tracks together and all of a sudden we're making a record. <laughs> so this would be, yeah. this would be Jermaine Hart. He also, does he live in Covington or does he live out in Hammond now? Well, he, he was living in Ponchatoula, uh, but now he's in New Orleans. So, Oh, he moved across the bridge. Yeah. He moved across the bridge. So he's down because he was, he was, He's playing there all the time, so he, he told uh, me he's not he wasn't gonna do that, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never can tell. 
Well, so it makes sense if yeah, you're a drummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, you know, we got together with him, and it's funny. Kind of certain understanding took place, and next thing you know, we're just about done. Well, and that was the. It's interesting because I, I think we both look back to well that was that was when we decided we're making an album because we we weren't at that point we weren't making an album we were just going to try out uh i mean i've been playing some gigs with jermaine for a few months and i really liked playing with him great drummer but but sometimes i've i've played with drummers who are really good live but you get them in the studio and i don't know if it's the insecure you know the you know, having to, having to play to a click or, you know, just the self-conscious kind of aspects, but sometimes drummers who are good live aren't, aren't as good in the studio. So I oh, wanted no, to, no, no. what's that? Yeah, no, I understand. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, so I was thinking, let, let's, let's try them out. And at, at the very least we'll get some good demos of these songs and we can keep polishing them up and, you know, not really thinking we're going to start a project, but I remember after that, after the first session with Jermaine, it's like this, this guy brought something to the table. Um, not only was he a great drummer, but he brought things, you know, like he had, he had creative ideas, which I think that that was, uh, man, that, that's, that's a really cool aspect as well. I mean, sometimes, you have a vision in your head of the way it sounds and you want the person to execute it exactly like that. But it's really pretty cool when the person shows up and they kind of interpret it in a way that may be a little bit different from the way you heard it, but it's so much better, <laughs> you know? And, and then again, it's, it's kind of like the thing with Dave Easley. It's like, and then once, once he does that, then we're, we're sitting on my back porch that evening going, I guess we're making a record now, you know, because it's like, okay, <laughs> we, we, we just, we just hit play. We got a wave, a wave came in and we got to ride this wave. And, and, and I feel like we're, we're still riding it. <laughs> The struggle of dying that gives way to rebirth For the miscommunications that lead us into truth For the substance of love beyond the ideals of youth oh, Baby, you, you're one of the good ones Yeah, you're the best one Embrace that holds my heart in the face 
I'm curious, as as we've recorded these songs, and now you've been working on mixed down for the last few months. Um, what you're hearing, you know, we've we've already talked about this a little bit about kind of coming to terms with your worldview as you are creating and stuff. Um, what do you what strikes you as some of the the main thematic elements of of this album both lyrically and and musically a lot of it is about well the obviously it's about a search for transcendence it's also looking at that as a journey and being open to experiencing things and and finding it and then, you know, there's a song called I Will Wonder that so much of the record's wrapped up in the that lyric of two untamed lands I will wonder. It's like a, well, it's not always about the safe place. It's, it's about what happens next. And I think so much of that is honestly asking those questions and still honestly experiencing the life that you're given and I think it sounds so much like that I've got to find some open space some 
distant, hidden, sacred place to let my heart be filled with wonder. For untamed lands, I will wander. For the beauty of the dawn, restless rivers, quiet song. To gaze on mountains in their splendor, I wonder. Whether it be to love and to be loved, some simple idea what it is to to love and to be loved, and and working on that in such a, a weird way, or relationships, uh, the wonder of you and me, and how love is alive after such a journey together. Um, this openness to keep moving forward is the record to me and it is I think both of us how we approach what we do like yeah. I would honestly say well whatever I'm doing I'm doing it better than I was last year and it's not about practicing more which you know I do practice whatever bunch of disciplines I'm trying to work at but but it but it's about it's not not just practicing the the same thing but experiencing something new and being totally open to be jarred into a new place and a new perspective and so much of this record is about wham we're in a new perspective and the references that will come up when that happens always surprise me like listen to this that's amazing you know because I I love records and been at since I was a teenager and often working on stuff and like many of us you know I, I'm doing this but I have all this other stuff I love too and it, you get in a new place and that's all those things become unlocked and put into put into what you're doing and it you find yourself in some place new doing something you didn't think you would be doing <laughs> That's so much of what it is. It's just a it's a journey of discovery. It's a journey of asking questions and that's been a lot of it. You know, just following the trail, if you will. I felt like I got into a rut about a year or so ago on I'm playing the live gigs. I was I was playing a lot of the same places and playing the same material over and over and you know, after a while, it just started feeling like, I, it's not that the money's bad. I just don't know if this is what I want to do with my time. You know, like I just, I feel like I've, I've kind of hit a plateau. I'm not growing. I need something to, to challenge me. And, and, and I feel like this project came along right about that time. And, and it really has been a, 
a really exciting, fulfilling time because I feel like I'm listening to music in general more and paying more attention. I'm, I'm getting more deliberate with practicing. I'm spending more time kind of in this meditative place with music and, um, and nothing feels forced, you know? And I think that that's, that's a really hard thing, you know, when it comes to creativity again. And maybe this, maybe the whole forced thing is part of the whole dogmatic thing too, that we kind of, uh, have an aversion to, but there's times when as a musician, I feel like I'm trying too hard to, to be something or be something that I'm not, or, you know, trying to put too much sparkle on it or, 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 or sound a certain way. And so it infects what I'm doing with this kind of self-conscious kind of thing. And it, and it really, I, I think in those times it doesn't create a, a, a deep emotional connection because really you're kind of cut off, you know, in a sense, because you're too in your head. Um, yeah, you're certainly not vulnerable. You're certainly not living in the moment. No, but there's something about like, like just being at a place where you're like, you're okay with who you are. You're not trying to be something that you're not, you're, you're just creating a, out of that place. And, uh, and I feel like, I feel like that's been a lot more of what's been going on here is just the settling into just, we're, we're not going to get too caught up with where this thing has to go or what it has to be or how it has to sound or how we navigate the music business as if anybody can figure that out. But we're just going to, we're, we're just going to do this thing and it doesn't feel forced. It feels natural. It feels, feels authentic. It feels, um, it doesn't feel pretentious or put on it. You know, it, it feels like, yeah, this, this is, this is us kind of on this journey, you know? And yeah. Yeah. It's been that. And of course all that, you know, it ties into how it was recorded and studying up and trying to keep that in the background and then <laughs> acting upon it when the time comes. Thing, yeah. things move so fast and mixing worked hard on you know trying to make it sound distinct about what it's doing and yeah it's been a good time why don't you you talk a little bit about kind of the philosophy you had about the way we would track this and then also the philosophy you have about Kind of, kind of the way you're approaching the mixing of this project, because I, I think those are some very interesting concepts. Well, I think some of the recording it, you know, I knew that I, I wouldn't be doing it in my place uh, in Conroe. I have a a studio, I have a live room, and then I have a, a mix room, and. It it's great when I work in here, but I also really like going on location and recording. So I have everything set up in such a way that I can box it up pretty quickly and everything gets in these crates and I move it over. I'm kind of proud of it. I can get it in my car. You know, you can't 
there's not an inch to spare and it's rolling down the road. But so I set it up and I really love using whatever room that it, I have, you know, it's, hopefully I've got something, a room that's compelling to work with. But I'll set up and it's I'm in the room with the musicians and I do know that there's some randomization that's going to go along with that or abnormalities. They're certainly going to happen. But I, I try to use that as a strength. I also know that being super clean and controlled is not the result I'm after. And many times I love records that are more impressionistic. And even if it's something sounds present, it does have something to it that is unique to where it was done and the time and place which it was done and that all comes together. So when I came over to set up, I knew the room that was going on and the vibe that was there. I've worked in that room before, man. As a matter of fact, that room's been on everything we've done in sometimes greater yeah. ways than others. Um, so I go, well, you know, I, I kind of know how to use this room. And so I set up the mics and for our trio to cut the basic tracks in such a way that we could see each other kind of in the round. And then we ran through the basics of what we were doing a few times. And most time, about third or fourth time through the song, we, we had a take. And I kind of went with that fresh, live type of feeling for the basis of stuff. So that was kind of my attitude about it, that we would make our arrangement decisions before we ever actually tracked, even if they were done like in the first two takes. We're going to put this over here. We're going to put this over here. And we begin to cut it like that. So that became the basis of it. I really wanted that spontaneity, that energy at the beginning of things. And a spirit of discovery, because a lot of times we we did that. And some of these songs we did three times like that. Like we would not be fulfilled with the version that we had and we wanted to change it up we did that so we'd we'd come back we'd cut it again but we'd use the same type of attitude and so much of that stuff is just like as it was performed as a three-piece yeah. with a few of the you know we redid the vocals because <laughs> the way i had a, just because of the limitations of it the the vocal mic was like a a room mic for the drums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a, most often a mess. It wasn't to the end till I got that worked out like I wanted. But we but we would cut like that and then and then cut over. So that was kind of the the basis of it, that there even though there'd be overdubs, they had this very live pulse, uh very much of a live in the room type attitude about what we did. And I kind of built it from there. I think we we together we came up with ideas, <laughs> often surprising ideas about what we want to do for overdubs. And then when I I began, I began to mix. I also brought the idea of that room and the cohesion of place together with what it was supposed to sound like. And when it's 
So I talked about worldview before. But if you if you couple with that idea with what was actually happening when we did it, these these rooms were these mics were live in the room and they come together and make a certain sound of the record. And then that pulls together a snapshot in time, even though it was stretched out over some time. It is a singular thought about where we were when all this was going. It spread out, but it was definitely, this is what was happening then. I tried to bring that to it with all its cool things, but also its limitations and try to make those work work for us in what we tried to do. Uh, there are definitely threads of conversation that show up in attitudes and how it's mixed and attitudes about what we're going on and musical references that are there. But that, that's most of it's like we're going to own whatever this is. We're going to be comfortable with who we are in it and the people that lived in the neighborhood that came by to help us out. You know, we had background vocals, Brian Stills played guitar, we had cool stuff going on. Faith came in for a little bit. All these people were part of it, but they're also part of the community. What's your, what's your, uh, you, do you have a, a, a favorite song that you've mixed down or, or, or couples that, a couple of songs that you think uh, you're really happy with the way they're turning out? Uh, well, I like um, Everyone Knows a Lot. It's got a weird combination of synths and horns kind of covering the same territory. <laughs> it's also a shifting group of ideas that go from type of orchestral pop to funk all in one song and then ends with something very second line at the end um there's a bunch of thing bunch of concepts in it that tend to work out um dreaming and waking is really cool ode to southern soul with so well executed on the vocals and everything that was involved and then Brian's parts were in it was so good and Jermaine did such a good job with that song um The Wonder You and Me uh, so much of it was it it's such a weird take on Americana uh, strange it was a lot of it was done in that cabin out in the woods and it has the weird sound of the instruments bouncing off that stone fireplace and what it was to do that and how quickly it came in it just sounds so different for what it's what it's supposed to be uh, those are some of them i mean that there, there's a sense of space but something different going on with it and how it was all put together I am dirt, I am water, I am spirit and soul, I am mother and father, I'm serenity and toil, 
project been a sort of spiritual connection for you yeah I would I would say that I mean I think that I'm trying to put together timelines that I could stretch over just because of how things were kind of unrolling for me I I think at the beginning of it, I began to openly ask questions that I'd always just kept to myself and how I presented, how that was for me. It actually started a little bit before this, but by the time we started, kind of hit full gate. Begin to ask questions about what I, I thought I knew or some assumptions I had about things, and um, those questions somehow became part of what we were doing. And I just felt like, as a musician creating, that I was stepping outside of stuff that I had done before. And somehow that was 
hand in hand with the questions I was asking about my own spirituality and how I felt about things. And there was a, a freedom and wonder as I went forward with it that tend to unroll with, you know, like going into new places, being comfortable asking that stuff and also it was it was a really important during that time it still is but that these questions they didn't they weren't questions where the answers were couched in condemnation for ideas or people but for me, I, I felt like, you know, the answer is love and going forward and, and not judging people about how they felt about things, but just feeling free to walk my road and find out what I had to find out. And and I was, the subject matter, the songs, just how things were just open to just try something new. Those things came together for me just unraveling during the time that it was going on. It seemed to be always something there as I was going about whatever I was doing concerning this project. Um, I think the lyrics very much reflect that state of mind as it went through. Like, however I'm looking at whatever piece of music that I may have addressed that piece of music in a certain way before um, looking at that same question of music and being open to another perspective as as I went through it and it, it definitely feels that way to me when I when I listen, listen back to it now uh, yeah. ready for different ways to look at things and Ready for different answers and stuff like that. A, a move to a new place, if you will. I was never good at surfing. I tried a few times, but um, never, never quite figured it out very well. And, uh, but you know, I surfing? see these surfers. Yeah, surfing. It's, it's not easy. You can take a redneck out of the south, but you can't put him on a surfboard. <laughs> yeah. I lived in California for 13 years. I know these things. Yeah, yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> I, I know what personal. it is to wind up water up my nose face down on the beach. That's what I know. <laughs> yeah, so I, but you know, it, it seems like the successful surfers, you see them out there and they're watching for for a wave to come in. And then when they they see that wave and then they, position themselves and then they, they they get on board and then you know they they ride the wave and i and i feel like there have been times in my life where like i i feel a wave coming and then i i get on it and it takes me down the road and and it's 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 exhilarating and stuff and i and i feel like that was one of these things like it's it from the writing of the lyrics for most of these songs they it just the lyrics came pretty quick. I mean, I edited them a little too, but it's like getting into this place where 
you're not trying to be something, <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not striving. You're just kind of in a place of openness, like, um, you know, paying attention to life, you know, just staying in this, this place of being awake to what you're thinking and, and new ideas and what's going on around you. And like the, that song, one of the good ones and everyone knows I wrote those two songs back to back in 30 minutes. One afternoon (laughs) and, and neither one of those songs sound. And then it wasn't, it wasn't, it might've been right before that, that I wrote the song, you are my home, you know? And it's like, like in a period of just a few days, you know? And, uh, and and they were all very different kinds of songs, very different kinds of lyrics. Um, but there was something in this kind of letting go, and and not. I don't. I, it, it's hard to describe it. You know, not just not being so attached to how something has to be or outcomes or, you know, trying to get something done. Just being in a place of just paying attention and and i i felt like the whole process from the the writing of the the songs the lyrics uh to demoing to all that stuff it really has been uh it's been a very different kind of thing for me as a musician yeah this is the moment i'm living in this moment which is tied yeah it's tied into the answer about how what i was thinking about when i mixed it it's part of that moment. You know, what's what's important to me about this is, you know, the, this this record, it, there's a lot of transition about a lot of things uh, yeah. going on. But, you know, I, I hear like this, seems like there were a lot of other people kind of having different ideas or transitioning as well but but one thing I it was important to me and I know it was important to you is that you're growing in what you believe but this wasn't couched in anger about what came before or anybody or, or to ever let it be turned into something like that but it was about in terms of spirituality anyway that for me I, w- I would often say that it turns out that God was bigger than my ideas of God <laughs> yeah <laughs> which which would make perfect sense that as small as that chance might be that I'm not the most intelligent being in the cosmos I mean it's it's, <laughs> it's an outside chance <laughs> No, you know, the the humble notion of this idea is bigger than what I might understand, and it's also better, and being open for that. And that's a pretty cool idea to live with. Yeah. It's a pretty invigorating thing to, to live in that kind of really cool expectation, and and see things move like that and I think that that's so much a, of a theme of 
well, you know, I don't know what's next, but I think it's going to be pretty cool, and whatever it is, it, it's going to be fine. And, and being open to follow things like that instead of feeling, as you said a few times, feeling like I have to control the message all the time. Well, it's dangerous sometimes when you get two friends talking in the middle of a quarantine late at night. I uh, had to do a lot of editing of this podcast because we, this episode, because we just kept on talking and talking and talking. So, <laughs> and I cut out a lot of really good stuff as well, but just trying to streamline the episode. But uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. There's uh, the the tracks that we put in here. None, only a couple of these tracks are actually finished. So. Uh, we're still in the process of mixing them down, but they were close enough that I felt like I could at least put them on here and give you a taste. So uh, thank you for listening to Extra Crispy, and I'll let you go out on uh, Dreaming and Waking, and that'll finish the episode. Dreaming and Waking